Head on over to jointhenerdclan.com to get all kinds of great bonus material and extras from Blake and myself, whether it's Blake's book club, Keep Calm and Crown On, the podcast dedicated to the show The Crown on Netflix. We're also doing a Bridgerton with Mary and Blake, but that's not just at jointhenerdclan.com. I would just have to say that for our Netflix friends. Mm-hmm. And even the After Dark bonus podcast, there's a ton that you don't want to miss out on at the Nerd Clan. So if you want to support an independently produced podcast like this one right here, or just Mary and Blake Media in general, please do so by going to jointhenerdclan.com and become part of the best community on the interwebs. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the Potterverse. It's a podcast dedicated to the book and film universe of Harry Potter. So grab your favorite wands and time turners. Let's step into the night and pursue that flighty temptress adventure. And welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and there is no chance I would be facing a bog in any idea or like facet of the earth wouldn't like, happen. Willingly, you wouldn't be like, I know what I want to do today. I want to go find a bogger. But they like come, they creep under your bed, they hide in old wardrobes and stuff. Yep. You would just have to, it's like spiders. Like, I would, sp- yeah. I would oh, run I probably away. Probably would just be a spider. You would be like, <laughs> it would on. be a giant spider. <laughs> is that really what it would be? I don't know. I, you know what? What I think it would be, honest to God, I think my greatest fear would be my wife telling me that she no longer wants to be with me. Oh my gosh, Blake! That is the honest to God. Uh, what do you want me to tell you? It's the truth. You'd be like Molly Weasley, afraid that her children are dying, yes. but it would be me being like, "Peace out, Cub Scout." Yeah, absolutely. I have recurring nightmares. For years now, oh, for poor, poor Mary has to deal with me. Uh, I'm here. I'm I, not going anywhere. My I know. Love. I know. I'm just saying that is uh, that is. I think that's my biggest fear. <laughs> I know. I mean, like heights and the whole thing, and obviously spiders. You you've heard me freak out on the podcast about spiders. Mm. One that was hanging down from our ceiling in our studio while we were mid podcasting, and Mary had to go kill it for me because I freaked out. But no, I think that's my best, my biggest fear. How about Mine you? Mine would be something bloody, or like wanting me to be bloody, or like yeah. needing to, oh, like something from Saw. You know, I won't get into <laughs> it too awfully much because I know that kids sometimes listen to it, but that would just be it. Like I'm just not a bloody person, so I wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Tammy says on Facebook that Blake is the ultimate romantic. Hmm, you're welcome. He truly Some is. Some call me, dare I say, the king of men. Oh! <laughs> oh, you're my king. You're my king. That's there you right. go. I'll give you that. All right, my love. Well, before we get into the rest of this episode, which we are so excited to be back with the Potterverse, uh, we wanted to remind you that you can find Blake and I on all sorts of social media. We're telling you this because we've been keeping really busy in regards to podcasting, yes. even though it's been the holiday season, even though there's been absolutely absolute utter chaos going on in the world right now, we are still trying to bring you the Lumos in the time of Knox, not just with the Potterverse, but we're actually binging Bridgerton on Netflix. We actually have the number one Bridgerton podcast in Apple Podcasts. You can find out everything we're doing by looking on social media for Mary and Blake or by heading to maryandblake.com to learn about all of our different podcasts and blogs. And also, we want to once again thank our friends at jointhenerdclan.com for making all of this possible. Thanks, guys. Let's do it. I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Well, we start off this chapter, chapter seven, 
the Bogart in the wardrobe, um, seeing Malfoy, who just got back. He's all bandaged up from his run-in with Buckbeak. Uh, he comes into potions class. Well, it's me. Please help me, Professor Snape. Makes Harry and Ron actually help Malfoy, and Ron tries to mess things up. Doesn't go over too awfully well. And also, Hermione tries to help out Neville. Also doesn't go over too well. And while they're there... Seamus Finnegan brings up the fact that Sirius Black has been spotted nearby. Dun, yes. dun, dun. Professor Lupin is the coolest defense against the dark arts teacher and teaches the kids all about bug arts. Yes, he does. And uh, protects uh, Harry, obviously, yeah. but also spares Hermione as well. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. I agree. I agree. What's your quote for today? Oh, my quote. My quickity quote. Um, it was... <clears throat> When the Bogart bursts out of this wardrobe, Neville, and sees you, it will assume the form of Professor Snape, said Lupin, and you will raise your wand thus and cry, ridiculous, and concentrate hard on your grandmother's clothes. If all goes well, Professor Bogart Snape Snape will be forced into that vulture-topped hat, that green dress, and that big red handbag. (laughs) I noticed in our son's many a time listening to this book that Jim Dale says it differently than it is said in the movie. The ridiculous yes. or Bogart, Bogart, yeah. all of the above. It's He says in particular, ridiculous. Yes. As opposed to ridiculous. Because he hears Jim Dale. Uh, yes, that's true. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, it's just one of those things. It's one of those. It's like, it is ridiculous <laughs> because we're like, no, in the movie, it's ridiculous. Which you like better? The emphasis, like, because ridicule means to make fun of something. Yes, and, but if it's ridiculous, it's just stupid. It's it's ridiculous in nature. I find the movie, the the way that things are turned funny, to be more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, with the spider, with the um, roller skates, and the moon turning into the balloon. We don't necessarily have that in the book. So I liked that it was ridiculous in the movie. It was just more, ha, 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 whereas ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I am going to take the fear and actually laugh at you. Um, Felt a little bit more empowering. Sure. You know, a little bit more like a spell, like a weapon against something like that. So I don't know. I think I actually like the way that each word is said Mm -hmm. in each venue. So why do you think he protected... Hermione in this chapter. Why is I kind of understand why Harry is spared, and it's even alluded to in the movie why, uh, like Lupin steps in front of Harry in the film. But why is Harry? Why does Lupin not even allow Hermione to take part in this? At all. Why do you think that is a really good question? I'm going to do a quick little search. I do not know. I mean... Maybe I, so that it's not only Harry not being the only person? Uh, that would make sense. That would make sense. Uh, I, I mean, I think we got a sense of, you know, one of the big three's fears through Ron, obviously, that being the spider. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just... I wonder what... I wonder what the purpose is for Hermione. <laughs> Though I, do. I mean, we do we do find out at the end of this book, I believe, that her biggest fear is being told. It is what Ron says. It, her biggest fear is that she fails some of her classes. Yeah. So 
But Lupin being still relatively new to the school, I mean, this is only the third day of school, right? The second or third day of school. So maybe word got around and he knows this about Hermione. Maybe he knows Hermione's special circumstances that she has for this year. But still, I don't think that that, I mean, that's it. Maybe it was just, I feel bad. I don't want her to be made fun of. Or I kind of want to protect Harry Potter. So he's just not the only person who isn't called upon. Uh, Yes, I think that is a... I think that's a fair assessment, Mary. Okay. That's a fair assessment. Uh, Jennifer asks, do you think Lupin stops Hermione because he doesn't want her to be a failure for failing all of her extra classes and revealing the time turner? Mm-hmm. On uh, She asks that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And that, that's a really good, uh, that's, a, that's a really good assessment, I think, too. Like, maybe he does know about the time turner. Maybe he doesn't want that to be known by everybody in case she does fail her classes. And maybe and- just Harry and Hermione, the last two kids in line. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, we're going to stop here. All right, hey, time to go. Look at that. <laughs> we're, we're done. done. Yep. Yeah. As I said, maybe as I said, just I think that it's more of like he didn't want that much attention brought upon Harry. So yep. that's what I'm kind of envisioning, that all the kids are in line and it's sure. just like, OK, we'll stop here. Karen on Facebook asks, in the movie, Harry saw the bogger Dementor, yes. right? Yes, he did. Yes. Yes, he did. And that's when that's when I think Lupin recognizes, ooh, this is probably not a good thing. Yeah. We're which, gonna... Do you like which... Which version do you like better? Harry seeing the Dementor or not being part of the exhibition at all? Once again, I like it for each venue. I think that for the movie, the way that that whole scene was was played out was perfect. It made us as the viewers afraid even more of the Dementors. It reminded us, you know, because we don't necessarily get to see the Dementors while we're inside Hogwarts yeah. and they're going about all this stuff. But in the book, we get to hear Harry's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get to see that in the movie. Harry wouldn't have muttered under his breath like, oh man, I'm going to think of a Dementor. You right, know, we had right. to get that in a different way so i appreciate it both in these ways i think if he did go see it it just would have been like doubly as strong yeah. whereas it was fine the way that that's was in the book that's what happens when you have an adult like alfonso cuaron making your film you have really good adaptive choices yes. and i think this was one of them agreed uh you're right mary well they, they both serve well in the form that the story's being told. It serves well in the film, and it serves well in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, starting things off in this book, we get to hang out with your favorite professor. The best. And one of my least favorites, <laughs> Professor Snape, who in this chapter, just, he stinks. He's kind of awful in this chapter. Yeah. Like, straight up awful. Yeah. Like, there is no redeeming qualities of Snape in this chapter. So all those moments that we have had where we're like, way to go, Snape. You stink half the time, but you're not all bad. This is an all bad chapter. This is an all bad one. He's he's pushing all the chips in. So Malfoy, of course, comes in, well, it was me. And, you know, we're going to have to deal with things. And my dad's still going to go tell on people. And Harry and Ron are already in the middle of making this potion, the shrinking potion. And Malfoy decides to sit right next to Harry and Ron, like just to kind of rub it in their faces. And I can't help. I need help cutting up these daisy roots because of my arm. Weasley cut up Malfoy's roots for him. So Ron, of course, is totally not cool with this. And he chops them up terribly. Yeah. And Snape does. What Snape does. What Snape does. But to be honest, kind of what Ron deserved. Yeah, because, well, I mean, I don't think he deserved it. But, I mean, Snape makes him give back all his roots that he spent, like, a lot of time cutting up nicely. And and he's like, but why? I did it. He's like, Snape says, do it now. (laughs) And then Potter needs to skin Malfoy's 
shrivel fig, whatever yeah. that is, because it sounds absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Um, One of the other things that happens too is that when Malfoy sits down, he gives what what uh, the author says is a big fake sigh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <sighs> yes, so dramatic, so dramatic. Here, I'll give you this. And of course, Neville's oh, okay. having tremendous difficulty in potions class. What's interesting, I was thinking about this. You don't necessarily see the trio as they grow up later on in life creating a lot of potions aside from polyjuice potions. Yes. So really, you know how you're in high school and you're like, when am I going to need calculus? When am I really going to need to remember all these things about Eastern Civ? And you often don't. I feel like that's potions for Harry, Ron, and Hermione. That they're like, eh, it was yeah, okay. We'll we weren't fine. great at it, but like, <laughs> we're not really going to utilize it that much in life. Yep. So Neville is struggling with the shrinking potion. Yeah. And Snape can tell, and he tells Neville, we're going to test it out on Trevor. Yeah, this is the thing <sighs> that I don't think I can get behind when it comes to Snape. Yeah, can't like, I can't do it because if you get it wrong, Neville, your your toad your toad is poisoned. You're, you're, it's gonna die. So like maybe that will motivate you to get it right. Like what? <laughs> what are we doing? You're here? a teacher, dude. You're gonna kill this kid's pet seriously. And then Hermione is trying to help. Which, as a teacher myself, I would have been like, "Thank you, Hermione. I can't be in a million places at once. He's in your house. You sit next to him. Fine. Like help him out. You want peers helping other peers." Mm -hmm. And then Snape says, I don't remember asking you to show off, Miss Granger. Oh. Longbottom, this is what he says. We're going to feed your, your toad a few drops. I and mean, that's going to see what happens. And of course, Hermione helps him because she does not want Trevor to die. <laughs> <laughs> and um, of course, Snape figures it out and docks some points away from Gryffindor. But don't worry, dinner fash for my friends in Outlander. Um, because... Lupin's going to sort this out. Lupin's going to make it okay when it comes to the house points. Yes, absolutely. He'll get them back. But before we do that, I, I have to talk about uh, Malfoy and mm -hmm. his interaction with Harry here. And Malfoy is something, man. Uh, it, it, something I, is a good word. He's a sniveling little idiot. And, I, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, I, he's 14. He's very privileged. Yes. And He's been raised to be a brat. Yeah, part of him doesn't know any better. Part of him is just a dink. And part of him is a kid that is overwhelmed, I think. And he's using his status as a tool to lash out and as a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. But this interaction with Harry is a special kind of dink. You know, th this is bordering clown level here. And <laughs> remind our friends what your level of bad names are for people. Oh, like when you're a dink, it, it's like it's a dink, and then uh, oh, what else? What else is there? Um, and there is clown. Oh, there's a jamoke. You're it's a jabroni. You're a, uh, it's a dink jabroni. Then you're a jamoke. And then if you're if you're if you're just the worst of the worst. If you're the worst of the worst, you're a clown. Okay. Like you are a clown guy. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> so um oh. he's bordering clown level here okay. with this interaction. And I want to read it. It's uh this. Thinking of trying to catch black single handed Potter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, said Harry offhandedly. Malfoy's thin mouth was curving in a mean smile. Of course. If it was me, he said quietly, I've done something before now. I wouldn't be staying in school like a good boy. 
I'd be out there looking for him. What are you talking about, Malfoy? Said Ron roughly. Don't you know, Potter? Breathed Malfoy. I'm surprised he didn't say, don't you know Weasley? Like, you're a wizard-born kid. Yeah. Don't you know Weasley? I don't know. Uh, don't you know, Potter? Breathed Malfoy. His eyes pale. His pale eyes narrowed. Know what? Malfoy let out a low, sneering laugh. Maybe you'd rather not risk your neck, he said. Think about that. Malfoy could have been the one to tell him. Oh, I know. Want to leave it to the Dementors, do you? But if it was me, I'd want revenge. I'd hunt him down myself. Oh, my God. This is... He just dangles it there. Yeah, and dangles it, it knowing that... Now now knowing that Harry Potter has no idea the stories that have been told about Sirius Black, Sirius Black's relation to Harry Potter, none of that. And Malfoy's just like rolling it around in his mind. I know something you don't know. Right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. He is the worst. He is the worst. And he probably is actually physically fine. You know that Madame Pomfrey bibbity bobbity booed that arm. Oh, of course. And of course he's, he's fine. fine. But no, the thing is, it's like, it's, it's this, this is an attempt to really needle Harry in a nefarious way. Almost push him to do the thing that he's not supposed to mm-hmm. do for the sake of doing it, it for the sake of getting, getting Harry either one uh, uh, in trouble or two uh, dead or worse number three expelled like y- you know you didn't even bite you didn't even bite worse, expelled. when the hosts aren't listening you didn't even bite trying to check in our friends on Instagram oh my Sorry. goodness gracious I can't believe you let that one fly <laughs> I did hear it's it okay that joke landed with a thud alright here we go moving on Okay. Can we get to the really fun class? The very best class of Defense Against the Dark Arts. I mean, pretty much the only class where they've ever done anything, Defense Against the Dark Arts, that wasn't with pesky pixies. Yes. Lupin starts things off and he says, okay, kids, hold on tight, spider monkeys, because we are gonna learn about bog arts. And... Basically, you have to face your biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to just recognize that we all have fears and it's okay. And then, in your own mind, you have to be able to laugh at this. And this is such a cool concept in general in life. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about things that you're fearful of, in particular, a lot of people have a fear of being authentically them, of speaking up, you know, of speaking in front of a crowd, things like that. And that's kind of when it's like, oh, think of everybody being naked inside mm-hmm. the audience. You know, a lot of these things that are, you know, you might be afraid to do things online because you're afraid of what people are going to say. And really, it's like you need to... Um, be able to laugh at this because sure. that can help give you power. So I just think that it's a really neat thing that he does for these 14 year olds to kind of face your fear with laughter. And Harry picks up on the weakness of the Bogart. He, you know, he's talking and he says, okay, like what do you think can happen? And Harry realizes there's so many people in this room, the Bogart will not be able to just focus in on one thing because exactly Blake, like, Someone had said, um, you know, had you just gone into the room, Blake, and mm-hmm. there had been a big spider there, you might have thought it was actually a big spider, not necessarily a bug art. 
as your biggest fear. But yep. if you and I both walked into the room at the same time, it would be like spider, bloody thing, spider. Yep. Like it wouldn't know what to do <laughs> with itself. And that in and of itself is going to be part of the way that they're able to defeat this bog art. Maybe, maybe this, the, the bog art would be a bloody Mary because my biggest fear would be my wife telling me she doesn't want <laughs> to Gross. be with me. Seriously. It'd be a bloody Mary. Um, you know, something happens here too that I think is often overlooked. Okay. It's Peeves's often. it's Peeves mm-hmm. reaction to yep. Lupin when Lupin walks in. Yeah. I just find this uh Are you gonna wonder- read it? Yeah, a wonderful bit of uh setup in storytelling. Peeves didn't look up until Professor Lupin was two feet away. Then he wiggled his curly toed feet and broke into song. Looney Loopy Lupin, Peeves sang. Looney Loopy Lupin. You're not going to actually try to sing it? No, 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 no. Looney Loopy Lupin. Looney Loopy Lupin. Rude and unmanageable as he almost always was, Peeves usually showed some respect towards the teachers. Everyone looked quickly at Professor Lupin to see how he would take this. To their surprise, he was still smiling. I'd take that gum out of the keyhole if I were you, Peeves, he said pleasantly. Mr. Filch won't be able to get that into his brooms. Um, excellent, good stuff here. Uh, yes. I, I really like it only because it, it it gives us a slight clue as to Lupin himself and the kind of person that he is, how he handles that kind of situation. There's a... There's a history between the two. Uh, Peeves almost certainly knows who Lupin is, and Peeves almost certainly knows what Lupin is at the same time. And having said that, this is a first early indication of what is to come for Lupin toward the end of the book. Uh, The author is many things, but a master of this early storytelling devices and early clues as to where she's going and clues that are not absolutely in your face. Clues that when you look back on it, you say, oh, I get it. I see what she was doing. An absolute master at this kind of writing. Speaking of master, the way that Lupin then fixes the situation by doing a spell that like makes the gum shoot straight up into Peeves' nostril. Like, fine, you want to make fun of me? (laughs) I'll show you. Uh, It is. It's just, so it goes to show you that most professors, most professors are respected. Now, Peeves doesn't respect anybody. He's, I mean, the bloody baron, but that's really who the only thing that he really is respectful of. Sure. So it's not out of left field for him to act like this with Lupin, but on the flip side, you're right. He's known Lupin probably since he was a student at Hogwarts, yep. and he knows some things about Lupin that um, he knows that he's not necessarily always humanly mentally with it <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, to be able to kind of poke fun of him, but brings him joy. Yep, absolutely. Uh, So what do you think about this scene between Lupin and all of the rest of the students? Uh, In in particular, let's look at someone like Neville, who is just simply afraid of Snape. Mm. How awful is that? Snape has torn this kid down and broken him to a point where he's just terrified of Snape. Did you ever have a teacher like that? That like you, no, I never had one. Or just like ruin. No, because I was. You know what it is. I was always too much of a hothead to 
like be afraid of a teacher. If I was too afraid of it, if I was afraid of a teacher, I got pissed. And I okay. would, and I would say F you. Okay. Like, can you please watch your language? I did. There, I didn't say nothing bad. Okay, but I don't even want that. Okay. I would I would basically act out as opposed to okay. cowering. You see what okay. I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> I would become I would become combative. Mm. And that was probably not the right choice. Okay. Because I did get in trouble a few times. All right. Uh, so we've got Professor Snape and Neville, who, bless his sweet little heart, you know, cowers. And and some of these studies, honestly, most studies do not come naturally to Neville. Just being a wizard in general doesn't come supernatural to him, aside from yeah. herbology. And as he becomes more confident. Um, so to have Snape, who just picks on him. Like, yeah. for no reason. Neville doesn't give him sass. Neville isn't very cocky towards him. He doesn't have the backstory that Harry Potter has with his family and Snape. He's just Neville. And Snape does pick on him. Yep. So, I mean, part of me wonders, like, what would Snape think if McGonagall sat down and said, listen, buddy, I heard that the thing that Neville fears most in this entire world is you. Yeah, right? We need me we may need like a department head meeting. <laughs> We're gonna have to revisit your teaching yeah. style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're gonna have to work on this man. So Lupin instead empowers all these students. Yes. You know, we get to see the different things that they're afraid of. Um and Harry has this really interesting inner battle. Is it gonna be Voldemort? And then of course he thinks about the Dementors and Lupin swoops in and says enough for now but right before he does there's this glowing orb that appears as he steps in front of the bogart right right and they think it's a crystal ball yes. and the whole thing uh the thing i like about lupin is that he is a direct contrast to snape uh in so many ways uh whether it is his friendliness um or even like you think about it his this is something that comes later on but his friendship with James and Sirius mm-hmm. how that reflects uh in their very very tenuous relationship at the school like they if you remember when when um Lupin is introduced you know Snape kind of just sneers at him yes. like oh, that freaking guy like, yeah. you know that that's of course, your yeah. of course you're here. I hate <laughs> yep. you. Yeah, I was finally had something probably pretty good mm-hmm. in my life, you know, and, and here you are to ruin it. Like I, I I really like that. I like the perfect contrast in what Lupin does to someone like Neville. Again, it's someone who he props up, someone who gives confidence and allows uh, Neville to experience his fear. But in a in a in a good environment, in one in an mm. environment that like is controllable, yeah, and it shows support so that someone like Neville can trust yeah. Lupin, and thereby we as readers can trust Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harry is questioning that trust a little bit, just because he hasn't been given a chance to see what the bogger would be for him. Yeah. And what I mean, like, is that something that rings true for you when it comes to Lupin and how he serves as a direct contrast to to Snape? Yeah, but also, like you said, he has that that special connection where he does want to be protective of Harry. Mm-hmm. So, no, I do. I, Lupin is a great teacher. <laughs> you know, he knows where to push. He knows where to hold back. And he knows that probably this should be a one-on-one experience with Harry facing his biggest potential fear. Right. So, I am. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. You know, speaking about fear, though, we've got Seamus Finnegan. 
Yes. Did you hear? <laughs> Serious Black's been cited. He you does know, what Seamus does. Seamus, if it includes fire or if it includes gossip, Seamus is all about that. You life. know who would be Seamus's best friend? One of the real high swice of New York? No. Who? Come on now, Lady Whistledown. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised we don't have Seamus's society papers. Seriously. <laughs> Extraordinary wizards. Get it? <laughs> You know what, Mary? Good job, Seamus would so be down with Lady Whistledown. Oh my God, yeah. Extraordinary wizards, extraordinary news. <laughs> Did you just make, you know, that needs to be a shirt too. It needs to be like the Lady Whistledown yep. logo, but with like a wizard hat. Yeah, absolutely. That's our new show. That's our new shirt. Yes, I am in. You know what I'm going to give myself? Hold on. Extraordinary wizards, extraordinary news. Makes me want to shout. Excellent. You're welcome, world. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know who would be also into it? Madame Rosemurda. She would. Never mind. We'll get to her soon. Okay, yeah. Don't know that person. It's okay. Couldn't couldn't remember that. She lives in Hogsmeade. Oh, okay. I just feel like she would be really, really interested in reading The Daily Dish. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say here? I mean, I just we we do have Hermione. We have Hermione like coming in and out of nowhere and having being out of breath and having like a bajillion books on her. Yep. And Ron being like, "You were right next to us, and then you weren't." She's like, "You're crazy, man. You're crazy." And as I said, Lupin does uh, fill in the gap when Snape deducted points. He kind of fixes that quite quickly as the students had faced their fears. But overall, a great contrasting chapter to show you what a good teacher is like and what. A bad teacher is like. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 God, I love what happens with Neville in this chapter. I just how he starts off so poorly in the beginning and ends in a place where he feels like he has the He's ability empowered. to to be, you know, who he is and a, a step towards fighting back for himself. Yep. You know, I mean, he begins that journey in the first book. It seems to get a little lost in the second book. In the third book, he seems to have that again. Neville is quite an extraordinary character. He really is, yeah. man. I, I like I like. And Neville. his glow up was good. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right, so, um, grabbing, anything else? No, no, I really feel good. It was a fun, quick, easy chapter focusing on the classes. It's tough sometimes when there's like a bajillion different plot points in yes. a certain thing. So yeah, that's really it. No, this is pretty good. All right, uh, it is now time for the different perspective. But before we get into the different perspective... Yeah. Want to let you know that you can go to the MarianBlakeStore.com where you can get all of the great nerd merch that we were actually just joking about. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've added a whole line just for Bridgerton, for our Bridgerton with Marion Blake podcast. Uh, but of course, you have all of the great Harry Potter shirts as well. One we will definitely be adding tomorrow, uh, which is the uh, Seamus' Society Papers. Going to absolutely happen. I'm so excited about that. So go to Mary, the Mary and Blake store.com to get all of the cool nerd merch that you think that, that would be awesome for you, whether it is This Is Us, uh, Outlander, uh, the, the Potterverse, Mary and Blake, uh, all the sayings that we have, or uh, Bridgerton, or even the leftovers, it is all there. The Mary and Blake store.com. Holy cricket! You're Harry Potter! I'm Hermione Granger. And you are? Draco Malfoy. Oh, Draco! Yeah. What's up, bud? 
been a while since I talked to you. <laughs> it sure has. What, what, what are we up to? Oh my god, this like hippogriff attacked me. And of course, I'm embarrassed about it, okay? Mm-hmm. And to make matters worse, yep. <clears throat> this new teacher, Lupin, decides that we all need to face our biggest fears. Yeah, but I feel like that's a good thing, Draco. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a thing that we should all kind of, you know, get on, get on board with and, 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 and face, our fears, face our fears. And, you know, a penny for your thoughts. Yeah, except my dad's a Death Eater. My oh. biggest fear is Voldemort. Oh. Yeah, man. What would happen, you think, if Voldemort came back in the form of a bargain? Yeah. Wait, that's a, that also raises a good question. Yeah. What happened? Does the bogget know? Does <laughs> does the bogget know what Voldemort looks like? I don't even know. I don't even know. Do you know what Bo- Voldemort looks like? Yeah, he used to come to my house when I was a baby. But maybe they took a moving picture or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's when he had a nose. A, they had a lot of paintings of him. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah, I'm just man. nervous, and, and I'm trying to put up a bold front. Um, yeah, yeah, But my nerves—they're yeah. making me a little jittery, and. I can't really like cut things very well and potions it's my forte. Yeah, obviously. So I just kind of like decided to fake that I was feeling bad because I'm really nervous about this upcoming class. Did you feel class. like Snape thought Snape kind of knew that you weren't feeling too good? That you were feeling good? I have you were Snape okay? wrapped around my finger. I don't know, Draco. I feel like he's pretty he's smarter than that. No. No, you don't think so? I think Snape has a crush on my mom. I heard that he like went to school and had a crush on some lady. I don't oh, know who. Okay, yeah. But I heard that he was crushing. I bet it was my mom, and I bet that that's why I get special treatment. I heard it might have been Bellatrix. What do you think about that? No? I mean, my aunt, she's, she's crazy. I've seen her on The Crown. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's just a one thing. I keep it on the DL, Dear yeah. Diary. I'm pretty okay. much like Dear Diary right oh, now, okay? You're, 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 I'm you're... schwitzing. I'm a little nervous. Buckbeak broke me, and now I'm nervous. Because I know it's either going to be Voldemort or Buckbeak. Like, how bad would that be? If oh, Pansy Parkinson be... oh. sees Buckbeak the Bogart! Draco, who are you into more? Are you into Pansy Parkinson more, or are you into Hermione more? That's the question. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. End <laughs> scene. End scene. End scene. End <laughs> scene. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Bam! Just like that. A winner! Good job. Good job, Marvin. That's awesome. All right, time for the listener questions. Of course, if you are listening to us on the podcast app, you are not alone. You can send us all of your questions just at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. It could be regarding anything. It could be regarding uh, this chapter, the previous chapter, the next chapter, another book, a film, whatever you think would be fun to talk about in terms of the Potterverse. We are here for you. And if you are live, ask the questions now. Now is the time. And before the question is asked, Mary, what must the uh, listener and watcher put before their question... Yes, if you're joining us live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or Instagram, we would like to ask a question of this. Just start the question with the lightning bolts emoji, Uh huh. and we will answer your questions. All right, so you ready to get into questions? Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, Miles Head. All right, so we do have a bunch of questions that were emailed to us. Ooh, fantastic. So this one comes from Tanya. She says, recently found your podcast on iHeartRadio. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest. Greatly enjoying it. Kind of wish I hadn't found this podcast yet because I'm not patient enough to wait a week for another podcast oh, episode. Oh, sorry, Tanya. 
Regarding Sirius laughing hysterically following the explosion, I always took it as him laughing that Pettigrew blew himself up. Mm. Hey, comma, you dumb rat. This yes. is why he didn't try to break out or do anything until he saw the article and realized that the joke is on him and Peter is still alive. Marvin, your take. Yes, that is a great reasoning, except though, like, I still think Sirius would want to get out. Yeah, but what's he got to live for? You know, his, his, his friends are dead. Listen, and- man, there's a lot to live for just because your friends are dead. Almost it's killed okay. myself with I my microphone. That. All right. I, Anita wrote in and said, I just read this on Facebook and cannot take credit for making the connection, but I thought you two would be interested. Freddie Stroma, who plays Prince Friedrich in Bridgerton, is the same actor who played Cormac McLaggen in Half Blood Prince. You've not mentioned this in the podcast so far, and I wasn't sure if you had already made the connection. I know I am always excited to find connections between Sears and I love Harry Potter. She's been a longtime fan and recently joined the Nerd Clan. Woo woo! Thank you so much, Anita. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is so awesome. He grew out his chops, the sideburn chops. Yeah, though. he did. I mean, th- that was like serious. Like there was like some conditioning and combing going on with Prince Friedrich on Bridgerton's chops. So if you're watching Bridgerton and you've seen Prince Friedrich, just picture Cormac McLaggen, who's always trying to snog Hermione. And Cormac McLaggen is the one who licks the spoon yeah. like, uh, like the Duke of Hastings yeah. does. That is amazing. They're basically like, we just need some blonde who's kind of sensual, but <laughs> you see half blood prince lately. Like maybe the guy just like saw the half blood prince, like the the casting director was like, that's what I want. I think that's my guy, I want Cormac McLaggen. Where's Cormac? <laughs> what did Brady say? This one comes from Brady. She says, I started listening to you guys when I was on my way to Universal Orlando's Wizarding World and wanted to get in the mood on my drive. And you guys definitely did the trick because of your knowledge theories and definitely your nerdy humor. Well, thank you, Brady. Thanks. I'm not completely caught up yet. Uh, getting here fast and just had a few questions as of right now. The first one is about the sorting hat in houses or the sorting in houses. How does the sorting hat actually know what house to put them into, especially only being 11? How could a lot of them be brave already? I was thinking especially about Neville, who clearly isn't brave to start the series, but seems like he forces himself to be brave because that's what Gryffindors are supposed to be known for. Well, I will say this, the ways of the sorting hat even boggle my mind, but I will say that sometimes the sorting hat sorts people a little too early. That's what Dumbledore says, and I I can agree. I, you're probably going to go there. Here's the, here's the thing. Again, I'm going to go back to the Matrix on this. This is going to bake your noodle even more. Okay. Wood. Is it a lasagna? Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Rigatoni? <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a, an angel, you know, angel hair person myself, I think. You don't bake angel hair. Whatever. It's all the same. You can't. You said bake your noodle. Yeah, bake your noodle. You don't bake angel hair pasta. You could. You do that tomorrow. You can eat it. Um, no, you got to boil it first, but then you could put it into a casserole and bake it if you really wanted to. All set. Um, anyway. It's a good thing I cook. <laughs> would... Would Neville be brave at the end of the story, the ultimate end of the yeah. story, if he wasn't in Gryffindor? Hmm. Hmm. See, baked hmm. your noodle, didn't it? Yeah, you did. Baked your noodle. Thank you for the matrix. Interesting. All right, Brady's second question. Second question is, why is the Ravenclaw's emblem an eagle, and how did I just find out like a month ago. I mean, Slytherin is clearly a snake because they slither. Gryffindors is clearly a lion for the mythology. I don't know what the hell a Hufflepuff is. You know what? 
You and me both, Brady. You and me both, because Hufflepuff is the name of the house. Uh, it's the badger. Yeah, nobody, nobody knows what a Hufflepuff is because it's just so. It's just so. Someone random. could say that of Gryffindor. But a Ravenclaw should definitely have a raven as an emblem. And last question is, how the hell could Blake love Lockhart? I mean, I could see how he could be funny, but he's not trying to be, and he is just so full of himself. I've known people like this who are this selfish and all about themselves, and they drive me crazy. Yeah, Blake, why do you love Lockhart? I love Lockhart just because he's so... I'll say why. He's Blake so over the top. Blake didn't read book two until just now. Blake watched The Chamber of Secrets plenty of times and loves the actor. Yes. And thought that the actor did a fantastic job portraying Gilderoy Lockhart. I think had Blake read Chamber of Secrets without seeing the movie, he would just think like, this guy's a hoot, but I don't love him. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I, I might. I might. Uh, I might. As for the eagle, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird. Uh, Brady says, I'm a proud Ravenclaw, but embarrassed that he is part of our house in terms of Lockhart. We can all be embarrassed. And uh, they love people. the podcast and check out the other podcasts. Thank you so very well. much. Thank you, thank you, Brady. Appreciate that. We've got a question on Instagram okay. from Courtney. Courtney T. Okay, Malfoy makes it seem like common knowledge that Sirius betrayed the Potters. Agreed. Wouldn't other kids be talking about Harry? Agreed. Uh, talking but, to Harry about this. Okay, so here's my theory on this, because I agree. Part of me is like, why wouldn't anyone who is wizard-born know? Heck, why wouldn't even Hermione know? Hermione knows about all this different stuff and read all this history. Why wouldn't other children in the wizarding world come up to Harry and say, of course Sirius Black's coming after you because of XYZ facts? But sure. it's Malfoy. I think it's because Malfoy is raised in a family of Death Eaters. Malfoy is very smart. He's a very, very smart, especially sure. compared to his peers. You yep. think of looking at Crab and Goyle. Yeah. So maybe Crab and Goyle. I didn't know maybe, you could read. <laughs> right? Maybe Crab and Goyle have heard it, but it like went in one ear and went out the other. Bless their little hearts, their pea brain hearts. Um, but Malfoy, being the only child, being the fact that like his parents doted on him, but also like his parents were VIP when it came to being Death Eaters. I think he's in the up and up. And part of me also wonders, ever since meeting Harry Potter, how much he asks his dad and his mom. Or how much, like, do they have, like, Death Eater journal versions of what happened? I feel like oh, Malfoy kind of became obsessed with Potter. And in his free time over Christmas break or summer break, just goes home and is like, I want to know everything there is about this kid. Because yeah. I hate him that much. That's a good That's a good one. I like that. Here, I have a question for you regarding the time turner, Mary. So here's my little lightning bolt emoji. Ready? Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I feel like the time turner is a problem for the Wizarding Universe. Yes. Um, why could we not just use the Time Turner to go back and Great question, prevent Blake. Voldemort from killing Harry's parents and doing the whole thing? Great question, Blake. You know, it's the grandfather paradox, Great. right? Yeah. If if I went back and killed my grandfather, would I, would I still be alive just to do that? Just hold on tight. Just hold on tight once we're done with this book series. Just hold on tight. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll leave it at that. It's going to be explained at the end of the book series. I read the last book. I don't remember there being an explanation. It'll be explained in something else. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. I got it. And by you. explain, I mean, you're just going to be more confused, but you'll see a little bit more. No, but I just wonder, like, is it, is the time turner? Just oh, know it's not explained in this book series. Yeah, but, but here's my question. Is the, is the time turner a one-off? Like, is it a one-off? No. There are time turners everywhere. I 
it is not a one-time use thing. No, no. What I mean is like, is there only one time Turner on the planet and then Hermione Granger happens so. to have it because she was given it by McGonagall. I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. Because I just feel like if it's a thing that's been produced, other, you know, wizards are going to be like, dude, why don't we make a really big time Turner and go back in time? Like, like why don't we go back to 2019? <laughs> Three turns ought to do. <laughs> ought to do it. <laughs> That's one of our t-shirts yes, at the Marion Black store. Okay, so we've got some questions on Facebook. All right, Jennifer says, uh, while I don't agree with Snape degre- uh, degrading, degrading students at all, do you think it was right for Lupin to turn up to... Put down Snape, in- another oh, to intern, put down Snape, another teacher, to all the students in his class. I feel like that was a little bit of a passive-aggressive throwback to their youth. I do think that Lupin is a brand new teacher and skipped that. You know how like Moody misses the intro that you're not supposed to transform students as punishment in the movie? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Yeah. I feel like Lupin missed that. No. Hey, we know that you and Snape knew each other and you didn't get along. Make sure you have each other's back. He didn't. He didn't get that. No, talk. he did not get that memo. So no, it was not necessarily professional. I agree with you. Victoria Larkin says Hermione is a freaking muggle. No way Draco would be into her. Yeesh, Blake. Oh, Victoria, there are so many shippings about oh, this. Yeah, a lot of people say that Draco's whole like I hate muggles is actually just a ruse because he actually pines for Hermione. Yeah, like, you know, you, you pick on the girl that you like when you're that young. Well, it's like a Romeo and Juliet. Like, I can't have her. Right. My dad and mom would be so mad that I married a muggle or just made out with a muggle. But I, I pine for her. So maybe if I talk myself into hating her more, it'll be okay. It's a huge thing. Have some fun. Go on the interwebs. I think it's called Dramione. Is like their their Oh, Dramione, yes. Yeah, it's yep. their thing. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got here. Um Ellen. Ellen, do you think Snape would make a great judge on a TV show like Judge Judy? I can imagine him doing that show and just not giving two craps about anyone. I can see that. Yes, absolutely. I do think he'd be a little boring. He I think he would be boring. He would not be doing the Judge Judy, you know, yeah. <laughs> that that whole thing. No, I don't think he would be doing that. But But if he could like roll up his sleeves and bonk some heads together every oh, once in a while, I'd yes. be down. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> or slam the doors every yes. once in a while. Yep, I'm in. Pull down the shades. Yeah. <laughs> Angel asks, "Do you think Malfoy has a secret crush on Hermione and can't admit it?" Yes. yes. Uh Gloria, why do you think Sirius never broke up of broke out of Azkaban before. Why do you think, Blake? I don't know. Free healthcare. <laughs> three swim. Th- yeah, three square a day. <laughs> hey, yeah. Why not? I don't have a job. <laughs> My parents kicked me out. What am I gonna do? I'm not getting an inheritance. I used to sleep on James's couch. And who's gonna mess with me? I murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, I'm so, all set. Yeah, I'm the king of this place. I think he likes the food in Azkaban. <laughs> no, honestly, I just, I think he was in a deep dark depression. Yeah, probably. I would, I would agree with that. I feel like Sirius has a lot of feelings. We saw yeah. the amount of eyeliner he wears. <laughs> Caitlin asks, "What would a boggart be? What, what, what would a boggart turn into if you were afraid of a boggart? Mm. Or what would it turn into if you were afraid of everything equally?" Oh my gosh, it's like looking into so many mirrors at once. Uh, yeah, right. My brain just hurt, I, Caitlin. I, yeah, I feel like that's when you're sharing a screen and it's just going. <laughs> yeah, like what would happen if I looked at it with my anxiety? It would literally just be like a TV screen. No, it would be. 
it would be this pinwheel of death on an Apple computer. It would just that be the pinwheel of death. It. Blake has never seen me have wrath. Oh, like man. when I have the spinning rainbow of death on my computer. Oh, the spinning rainbow oh, of death. Oh, it makes is, me so mad. Oh, that's the worst. All right, Karen asks, how much has Hermione used a time turner? I feel like she could age faster because she's repeating times often. Maybe that's why she's so mature. <laughs> that's another good question. Is there are there side effects? Are there like temporal side effects? Is it like know. is it like uh, Interstellar? Like the further you get away from, does she have to shave reality? her pits like three times in the day? <laughs> does she grow hair for Ella, the amount of time that she's been awake? How Ella, does she sleep? Does she factor in a nap? Sorry, Ellen asks. The time turner in the book reminds me of the magic golden flower from Tangled. I was wondering, do you see any similarities between Rapunzel and Flynn and the characters in Potter? No, I uh, no. Of course, I know the song. It's Mandy Moore. Come on, girl. I know, you right? don't. You don't besmirch the good name of Mandy Moore. Do I see similarities between Rapunzel and Flynn and the characters in Potter? I have never thought that way, Ellen. I never, I never have either. So, that'd be, that'd be get back to me next week. Yeah. I'll think about that. Um, let's see. I think that's we're it. good. That's it. That's all. Thank we you got. all so much for participating. This is one of our most participated times. Know that we love seeing your questions with those lightning bolt emojis, and we love getting <laughs> your emails. Victoria says, uh, "Mouth, mouth, Hermione, uh, her, herfoy." Ooh, herfoy. <laughs> all right. Oh man, you ready to funny. wrap this up? Yes, let's absolutely do that. Thank you so much. Here we go. Let's do it. You're welcome. <laughs> feels good. It feels good to be back with all of the potterific things going on. All the potter nerds. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening in your podcast app. Once again, if you do tune in with the podcast, we would love for you to leave a written rating and review. We know that there are 1.3 million potter podcasts out there. And yet, one of our friends... Brady just started listening and found us on the way to Universal Orlando's Wizarding World. So that means that people are still somehow able to find us yes. in the just the cabillion Potter, yes. Potter podcasts there are. And know that your downloads and your written reviews and ratings help kind of boost us so that more people can find us. Because some of those podcasts, they're old. Or maybe they weren't that fun. Yep. And maybe people are looking for a community of Potter fans to chat with during these times of Knox. So... Do us a favor and leave us yeah. a written review. You know, I'm feeling generous. Yeah. Feeling generous. I gave away a couple of shirts at Bridgerton. Yeah. I'm going to give away a couple more now. Nice. The next review and then the hundredth review are going to get a free uh, free Marion Blake shirt. Whatever one you want or well, any, any item. Okay. Well, you don't want to do that? Well, it's tough because like someone may say, like, I'm going to drag my feet because I want to be a hundred. So well, that's why I'm giving away like, too. The next one in hundred. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you should say, when we reach 100, we'll pick two random winners. That's what we'll do then. And what you need to do is you need to send us an email at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com to let us know what your username was on Apple Podcasts. Yes. On that note, my name's Mary. My name is Blake. Mischief managed. <laughs>